This is the Floorball Guru Podcast, episode 91. Welcome back to the Floorball Guru Podcast. If this is your first podcast episode, welcome. If not, welcome back. Uh, We've been doing this for a while now and excited to have the opportunity to talk shop um, any chance we get. And, you know, if there's a way that we can further the conversation and get more people playing the sport, bring awareness to the sport of floorball, then we're definitely excited to do that. And one of the things that I think we're we're going to see as we move into you know this year and and going forward is and I've definitely been seeing it is more inquiry, more um, questions about the sport of floorball, um, specifically how to get involved, how do we start programs, how do we you know do these different things, and so I've had a, a number of people reaching out, all asking kind of a lot of the same questions. Other than, you know, what is floorball? Um, what's the difference between the equipment and how do we get started is a really common theme that I think I've tried hard to answer as many ways as possible, but it never hurts to kind of revamp and, and re, you know, address this um, because I think the biggest part is the more we, we get information out there and we're talking about it, the better. And if you're thinking about just SEO and internet traction and kind of all this other stuff, as you do more keyword searches and things of that nature, the more content and things that are out there on different topics, the more readily people can find those things. And that just helps better the game and and go from there. So when we think about floorball, we talk about different sporting activities Uh, things that it's similar to it is similar to hockey and it is similar to uh, street hockey ball hockey floor hockey kind of whatever version of that that you think but it is a different game and it is a different sport I liken it to you know you have indoor soccer and outdoor soccer similar games but vastly different in their approaches and their um, their tactics and and conditioning and some of that other stuff, uh, much like lacrosse and box lacrosse is similar, but vastly different game. Um, and aside from the fact that it is lower cost, um, a stick and a ball is all you need to get going. Uh, the rules where it is no body contact or very little body contact in reality, um, no stick contact, things of that nature. You have now a sport where it is considerably finesse focused and it's really about the speed and agility and how can you work in, in those small spaces. And, and really what's crazy when you watch um, a, a, a floorball game, especially at a higher level, you realize how quick everything is. And it's really just built on explosive uh, speed and power and and quick redirection and and all these other things. But at the same time, being able to have spatial awareness and an understanding of the game of where is the ball going or where are my players? How do you set up in that space to create space and then to create opportunities for scoring and and kind of this tic-tac-toe kind of format? 
And that becomes really exciting when we look at watching the game. And then you look at the equipment. The equipment for floorball sticks are primarily um, fiberglass compo- or, you know, mixture or a or just straight carbon fiber. So it's all about lightweight, but strength and durability. And then you have plastic blades that also have lightweight, but strength and durability. And what's interesting is some of them have different features on them, uh, construction on them that when you look at them from their face value, doesn't look like there's a whole lot going on there. But what's really interesting and I always find fascinating is in that construction, they perform differently. And some I really like and some I don't care for. And that's kind of what it comes down to is that personal preference for finding a blade. Now, one of the things that I personally am not a huge fan of, um, but it is the way things are, is if you buy a floorball shaft from a, from one manufacturer, the blade has to be from that same manufacturer. Um, there was a little bit of a, a hiccup or controversy a year, maybe two years ago at this point, where the IFF was going to require that the grip also had to be from the same manufacturer. Personally, I don't like that. I'm glad they if I'm glad they went back and they said never mind on the grip because the reaction from the floorball community was uh, swift and quite significant because it's a little ridiculous when you're when you're uh, forcing that um, onto people. It also limits competition and it limits the growth of things because there were some really good grip manufacturers out there that just focused on grips and boy they made a heck of a lot better grip than some of the main floorball manufacturers and they were automatically um you know ruined because of that if that had actually gone through and in, i think when we're looking at how do we develop the sport yes we have manufacturers that have invested and done different things but at the same time we have to be allowing for innovation to come through that challenges the norm that pushes people so that it's not just a monopoly or it's not just one thing or we only have one brand we've got you know a plethora of different brands that are doing different things and pushing each other forward and i think to a degree there is that um happening but um that is kind of a rough kind of construction when you're thinking about like hey why can't i use one branded blade with another branded shaft you could if you you know wanted to if um if as long as it's not like in a, a sanctioned international floorball you know match that follows those rules you could but in reality a lot of the shafts do not they don't necessarily talk to each other so you couldn't just say from one to another oh i broke a blade so i'm going to stick this other blade on there that it may work it may not uh more often than not it won't uh they've been designed for that way at this point so or it's considerably harder to do um, that it's just not worth it in the end. So, um, so if you're looking at equipment, that's where, what you'll see is you'll see, you know, them more or less tied together, but you could throw whatever grip on there that you want. And one of the questions I get a lot is what kind of grips are there? There are specific floorball grips, which are basically like a racquetball tennis grip, uh, that you're wrapping onto the stick and you can change it as often as you like. Uh, they wear out. Um, 
sometimes people just prefer a different feel. There's all kinds of different, there's just differences to it. And it's what I really enjoy about it is, is, um, it is that personal preference. And then if you can, and it can be harder, you know, make it your own. If you're really into vibrant colors, you can find vibrant colors. If you just want to keep it straight black, straight white, straight, a certain color, whatever, you can really kind of, kind of work with what you have uh, to balance the color of the blade, what the shaft is, and then the, the grip. So at that point, I really do enjoy that. Um, and then well, as far as, you know, that's the equipment. And then when we look at how do I get started? So my recommendations, and I will speak through the, the roof always about this, is start developing or start teaching kids. Get some kids together if you have kids. If not, go to your local Parks and Rec or something and either rent space or create a partnership where, you know, you say, hey, I will run uh, a program and I'll instruct it. You guys take the money and we'll just do a revenue share. There's a lot of positives to that. Uh, There's some other things that need to kind of go into place before you can do some of that stuff. But um, that would be my first recommendation is to kind of look at going that route and then also do demos, get out there, teach uh, boots on the ground, if you will, and, and, and create opportunities and events and things like that where people can come and experience some of that stuff. Um, you know, if you're looking to start a program, your overall cost doesn't have to be that much. You can buy, you know, a handful of sticks and have them there for people if they want to, you know, don't have equipment and want to give it a try. Um, but everything that you're doing, build it into your costs. Make sure that, you know, I need X amount of kids in order to cover the cost on something. And that way you're not out the money so much as you have a plan to get that money back and then, and then some. And so there's a lot of different ways to get that going. And, you know, it is daunting when you're starting anything new to look through a rule book and go, how are we going to do this? How do I teach everybody the rules and how do we get on the same page? And so for me, I focus and I almost, you know, when I, especially when I started, I did a little pick and choose. What rules do I want to make sure that we are following specific to safety and, and some of those guidelines? And then what rules and, and kind of gameplay do we allow maybe a little bit more grace on some of that stuff in the moment and all of it built around safety keeping people safe making sure they understand how to actually play the game that we're not just playing a pseudo form of hockey you know not allowing stick checks not allowing body checks and body contact and those kinds of things and i find specifically with kids when you do that and you focus on some key in on a couple different things and then as things come up situationally you stop playing, you talk about it. So one of the things that happened, uh, especially in the last, in this year with, for me with teaching in my two sessions, um, we were able to use my rink. I haven't been able to do, use my rink very often for, for programs. And so I set up my rink. Well, I'd always talked about what happens when the ball goes out of play, when we do free hits, things like that. Well, it happened the first time. And you know, that was a great opportunity to, to stop play and, and just rehash and talk about, okay, when this happens, this is how we set this up. So we took time to bring the ball back into play, to set up the defense. What does that look like? How does that look like? And then actually go from there and 
now when we've done it a number of times kids are just now they're just reacting they're just doing it and so now it's become a part of of what we do as part of the game because that learning curve has been able to happen it's the same thing as if the ball goes up and in the air and i talk about this all the time keeping our sticks below the waist and things like that really emphasizing that but it's natural that sticks want to come up or we want to grab something when it comes up into the air so when that happens um, you know again stopping play and making just reminding everybody about kind of how we handle things and teaching them what is the proper options that they can do in that same scenario and it's rewarding to see when they when they catch that and when it happens again that they're paying attention they're listening they've learned that step and it's just another chink in the lane in the a chain of their learning that now we're getting further into the game hopefully they're getting more enjoyment out of the game and they can see kind of how it works so that's kind of my focus for a lot of stuff. And I talk about a lot of that and what I do in my book, The Floorball Guru, which you can pick up at my store, uh, floor, floorballguru.store or on Amazon. But it gives a guidance for how do we start and create a solid foundation to build off of to then be able to add in some of these other rules, penalties, uh, different, different things that happen within the game that make it such a fun and enjoyable game. But we got to get everybody to that level before we can add a bunch of different things and really play it the way that we're supposed to do. You can make it work and make it look and feel just like floorball without adding every single rule. But again, as we build in and we increase that knowledge, we become better players, better students of the game, and it's just a more enjoyable game overall. So with that... Um, I hope wh wherever you are that you are able to be playing and back on the court. Uh, it's been a huge challenge over the last year. I can't believe we're at a year now. Um, and But I think there is a lot of excitement as we move into this year and forward. We hopefully get a handle on some of the stuff. We actually get back to the court and continue to work and grow and, and be together um, as floorball players going forward. So... For more information about floorball, if you're curious and maybe this is the first time you've heard any of this information and you're, you want to know more, scroll through any of our podcasts. We talk a lot about a variety of different things to help you get started. Go to my website, www.floorballguru.com. Find us on social media at Floorball Guru, and let's continue to learn and grow the game together. And more importantly, keep floorballing.